G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. So far as our commentary team this morning talking through these issues, I want to welcome Greg Bonda from Family Voice Australia. And uh, they've, got, they've got their wise, uh, Vote Wisely um, resource. Greg Bonda, a special welcome along to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. Delighted to be here. And Warwick Marsh, who is also part of the team for the Australian Christian Values Checklist and uh, leads the Canberra Declaration, and also an important element that I want to touch on as we continue our conversation, the 21 days of prayer and fasting that's on at the moment gives us another big dimension about what happens for Christians in an election period. Welcome to you, Warwick. Great to be talking to you, Neil. Greg Bondar, let me come to you first up because there was a bombshell announcement this morning. As some will be absolutely impressed, others might even be appalled. Uh, but the Mother of the Year is uh, has been announced. I wonder whether uh, you know uh, just to, to get your impressions here. Uh, Pauline Hanson has been announced as the Mother of the Year. Uh, Greg, uh, you're an, on the awards selection committee. In fact, you're the chairman. Uh, give us your insights here into uh, this significant announcement today. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Um, look, when we selected Pauline, there was always going to be an if and but about it. And um, I have to tell you, Neil, when we got the applications in, we had a certain number of criteria. One, she was a woman from a binary perspective. Uh, she was also a mother. She's a grandmother, and Neil, she was also part of a commitment to her local community, both local and federal. And when I thought about it, I was thinking, you know, when Jesus met the woman at the well, would anybody object to me making her mother of the year? I mean, we've got to be open about this. We've got to look at who the person is, and we've got to say, what has this particular mother, woman, done to further the family, whether it's single mum or whether it's, a, you know, a, a grandmum. But look, Neil, you know, there's always going to be some objection to it. And I can tell you I've got a couple of very nice unmentionable emails already. But you know what? Persecution, it makes me stronger, Neil. Okay. Well, I can tell you, for listeners, uh, this will be hitting the headlines today and uh, good for us to have a chat about that. Uh, Warwick Marsh, I'm not sure whether you'd picked up on that announcement already and, uh, you know, as the founder of Dads for Kids and in the roles that you have, uh, what's your immediate impression? Uh, Pauline Hanson announced as the Mother of the Year. Hey, listen, uh, Greg, uh, congratulations on running this and Family Voice. I think it's a brilliant idea. And you and I have got to have a discussion because we'd like to be part of sponsoring this Dads for Kids. Uh, on, oh, putting wonderful. Dads for Kids hat on. So yep. let's talk about that a bit more. Look, I think... I think it's a great choice. Um, you know, we've all got our good points and bad points, and Pauline Hanson's got her fair share of all of those. But I think in the big perspective, she's an incredibly courageous woman. I mean, she went to jail for what she believes. How many people, mm -hmm. how many Australians will do that? And it was really a sad situation too because um, uh, Tony Abbott was given the job of 
destroying her because the coalition was afraid of one nation and they had good cause to be. Um, and so she went to jail. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to go into the, 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 the ramifications of it, but certainly she went to jail because she believed in what she did and what, ha- what happened and she wasn't going to back down. I think she's that sort of woman. I think she's a very brave woman. Um, and look, right now the One Nation Party has a, uh, a strong pro-life policy, uh, a good pro-life policy, um, and I'm very impressed with them. And they've been moving slowly and slowly towards more Christian positions. I'm very impressed with Mark Latham. He's a friend of mine. I've known Mark for 20 years. Um, he's, a good, he's, a, he's a good man. Now, he's, he's not an overtly Christian man, he sends his kids to a Christian school because he knows that's the best way they're going to get an unwoke education. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, I think that Pauline is a good choice and a wise choice, and why not? Greg Bondar, coming to some of the values checklists, and uh, earlier on when I was talking about Family Voice, I said Family Voice has been running surveys with the major parties and the minor parties uh, for the past 40 years, whether it be a federal election or a state election. So it's a long history that Family Voice has been doing these surveys. Uh, How does does One Nation uh, perform in survey results uh, according to Family Family Voice Australia? Yeah, good question, Neil. Um, look, as you know, our vote wisely really concentrates on the major political parties because they're the ones that are going to form government. Uh, we could have gone and, and, and um, surveyed all the, uh, the Greens, the Independent, uh, One Nation, uh, you know, uh, United Party, but Neil, it's just not possible to try and get all those perspectives onto a one piece of paper. Our aim in the Vote Wisely is to really make sure that uh, Christian voters in particular have a good feel for what the major parties are saying. In terms of One Nation, Neil, I'm not trying to avoid the question, is that as, as uh, Warwick said, you know, they've got a good pro-life policy. And point of fact, now I'll have to get Warwick onto our payroll, I think. He, he spoke really well on this. So, <laughs> yeah. so I have to say that, um, Neil, look, One Nation, there are policies we're going to agree with, there are policies we're not going to agree with. Liberals, coalition, policies we'll agree with, policies we won't agree with. The key issue here is, Neil, You've got to vote according to your biblical conscience and stay away from trying to be loyal to Labor, loyal to Liberals, loyal to One Nation. Vote according to your biblical conscience now. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take one from Pete in Victoria. Hi, Pete. Pete, welcome. G'day, Neil. How are you? Very well. Pete, I think you've got your radio on in the background. Might be worth turning that down. No worries. Um, yeah, just quickly, Romans 13, again, I'll revisit this verse from the Bible, God's Word. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, but there is, well, there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Neil, many run for government positions, but sadly, <laughs> few seek God's counsel. In Psalms chapter 127, the Bible says... Unless God builds the house, they labour in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. We desperately need the Lord Jesus to lead the way, Neil. 
This is so important. Uh, fabulous insight there, Pete. And I'll come to Warwick Marsh uh, for a response here because uh, some people use Romans 13 to say uh, Christians shouldn't bother about that. It's just all, you know, uh, God's in control of that and it'll all just happen on its own. Um, others have got different uh, perspectives there. Warwick Marsh, your thoughts for Pete and the Christian uh, influence here? Uh, I don't fully understand what you're saying, Peter. Could you just give a couple more sentences to sort of uh, bring out what you're trying to say? I love those scriptures, but uh, please yeah. explain. Yeah, just, well, you know, gov- the Lord has put the governments there and, and they're put in position by God himself. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, there are so many people out there who are running for these positions to be in leadership, but they're not seeking God's counsel, his teaching. You know, they need to read the Word of God. They need to seek the Lord. To have such an important position, they have that responsibility not only to scramble for the top position in government positions, um, they need to seek God's counsel, you know, Pete, in prayer. Uh, that's, that's good. Warwick, is that enough to work with? That's enough to work with, yeah. Two things, Peter. I think you're sort of, um, uh, uh, with all due respects, you're conflating two things. So number one, I agree with what you're saying. You, you, you know, we need godly people. We need people. Uh, I, I mean, the scripture says, when the righteous are in power, the city rejoices. Uh, so we know that, and we know that scripture says that uh, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is reproached. So we have godly people who live by the scriptures, who seek God's counsel. We have blessing and prosperity, and that's essentially what um, you know Australia has been based on. Because we are in our constitution, we have the words humbly rely on the blessings of Almighty God. So we have this incredible history, Christian history. Unfortunately, it's been dismantled for the last 40, 50 years, quite vigorously, 60 years. And we are facing the consequences. And we've got incredible uh, moral breakdown, incredible family breakdown, uh, more and more corruption. Uh, and just it's just things aren't working. Um, uh, the other side of the coin is that authorities whether they're Christian or not, whether they actually listen to the Word of God or not, actually are placed by God. When we have that scripture in uh, 1 Peter, I think it's 1 Peter, it says um, uh, that uh, you must um, pray for emperors, for kings, for those in authority. That emperor at that time that Paul was talking about was Nero. Now, Nero was burning Christians as Roman candles, covered them with tar, seeing them alight for light the streets of Rome at night. But in those days, he was the most cruel wicked emperor, perhaps the cruelest and wickedness and most, you know, satanic emperors that Rome ever had. And, um, you know, Paul was saying, pray for him. Uh, and, and, and you know, he was also saying to, to obey him. Um, so we are called to obey authorities on this earth as long as they're not contravening God's word. And we need to respect authorities. So we need if, if, if we, whether that, that authority is a Christian or not, our, our job is to honour them and, and pray for them. But yes, I do agree with you, Peter. We need to pray for Christians to get in those positions of power. Our two guests are with us, Greg Bondar, Family Voice Australia, and their Vote Wisely resource, and also Warwick Marsh with us, the Australian Christian Values Checklist, and also uh, the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Let me come to you, Greg Bondar. 
uh, insofar as uh, issues around uh, freedom that we've been talking about, uh, the religious discrimination bill, uh, these sorts of things are major and high on priorities for the way Christians are thinking about all the parties. Uh, Your perceptions here of how Christians feel about this religious discrimination bill, Greg? Very interesting, Neil, that uh, you mention that because I think there's still some unfortunately division within Christians themselves as to what is an RDB bill, religious discrimination bill. Um, <clears throat> currently, what we're finding is that, uh, you know, uh, I was at a conference on Monday and with a lot of Christian uh, leaders, and, and we all believe that there ought to be a religious discrimination bill. Uh, we can always talk about amendments later. We can talk about how effective it will be. But we do need a bill. A lot of Christians, unfortunately, are divided. I've seen Christians comment to say, no, we don't need a bill, you know. Um, Well, okay, if you don't need a bill, then how are we going to protect the freedom of Christians to be able to speak their faith in the public arena? The problem we've got, Neil, is that both parties at this stage have said, yes, we'll introduce a religious discrimination bill if we are elected. The problem we have is, what is that bill going to look like? And at this stage, you know, we've seen the coalition try to do one this year. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, Labor have said they'll introduce one if they're elected, but we don't know what that's going to look like. And this is why I keep making the point, Neil, that we've got to seek divine wisdom. We may have to make sure that our biblical conscience is in play all the time. Because, now I have to say to you, I spoke to a lot of politicians just recently, and and our Vote Wisely document will tell you, Neil, that, you know, you've got Labor and you've got the, the coalition. But you've got to ask yourself, OK, I agree with all the policies that the coalition has on transgenderism, on sanctity of life, on parental rights, on chaplaincy. But don't vote for the party if you've got a candidate like one of those LGBTIQ candidates that are in various electorates. Are you going to vote for the candidate who is totally opposed to your Christian worldview or are you going to vote for the pub? So this is the real dilemma Christians are facing now. Interesting words you use, Greg. Biblical conscience in play all the time. Let me come to Warwick Marsh here because there's a dimension here that we can talk about uh, that others don't. There's a very secularised way of thinking about elections. It's just one party against another or one candidate up against another candidate. That's a very secular way of thinking about it and whoever looks best on the day, uh, they'll get across the line. But 21 days of prayer and fasting and there's been an uptake on the prayer challenge uh, that's in the lead up to the election. Warwick Marsh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Doesn't that set a context for the believer to have a biblical conscience in play all the time? Yeah, look, I think Greg's words are very, very wise. That that phrase, biblical conscience. Um, If we're Christians... Uh, we're Christians because of Christ. And if we're Christians because of Christ, we know Christ because of the New Testament and the Old Testament, which prophesies of Christ. And therefore, in theory, our faith should be built on the Word of God, on the Bible, the Holy Word of God. Because Jesus quoted from the Old Testament all the time. He quoted from the Old Testament because the New Testament was yet being written. He was helping write it, obviously, the Gospels, the three Gospels, the story of Jesus, uh, and the the, the subsequent letters from Paul and Peter and John. Um, So, you know, our faith has to rest, if it rests on Jesus, it has to rest on the Bible that Jesus quoted. And Greg is right. We need to have a biblical worldview, not 
just a Christian worldview, but a biblical worldview. And it says in the scripture, there's Ten Commandments that says, you shall not murder. Abortion is total murder. It's murder of an innocent child in the womb. And so parties that promote abortion are promoting murder. And I find that absolutely detestable. So, look, we need a worldview that's based on a biblical conscience. I 100% agree with Greg. Talking resources, Family Voice Australia's resources, your Vote Wisely resource, Greg, uh, that's uh, really top of the list uh, when you've got a comparison there between know the Liberal Party and know the Labor Party. Uh, Sanctity of life has been really at the top of the list because people underestimate the value of what it is when someone has the right to take someone's life. Uh, Your thoughts here on even as... As Warwick is sharing those thoughts, uh, that is at the top of your list and one of many issues on that Vote, vote Wisely resource. Oh, uh, look, Neil, I, I, we make no apology. Family Voice is a pro-life party. Canberra Declaration, likewise, we support those views. We are biblically based. What we've got here, Neil, is that when we do these comparisons, don't forget that they are a point in time. And one thing, having been working for, for the federal government as an advisor, Neil, I can tell you, politicians will promise you anything before an election. Whether that's carried forward after the election is another story. So we've got to be very careful because, you know, Scott Morrison promised us that we would get a registered discrimination bill. Where is it? And I know there were problems. Labor saying, oh, we will have a religious discrimination bill, but we don't know what that's going to look like. So, Neil, just be very careful, voters, be very careful. I keep saying, seek divine wisdom, but also make sure that you don't vote blindly and you don't vote for the party. Look for the issues. Look for the vote wisely that we put out, that Canberra Declaration is putting out, and some of those values there are, you know, so valuable for people that are trying to make a decision on polling day now. Okay, now both of your organisations, the Australian Christian Values Checklist and Family Voice Australia's Vote Wisely, uh, you've got a whole lot of uh, research. Uh, Some of it is aligned and some of it, there's some minor differences as well. If I'm looking at yours here, Greg Bondar, let's go Mm -hmm. down the Vote Wisely list here on Know the Key Issues, because as you said, uh, you're zeroing in on who is likely to form government. Uh, So you've got Know the Liberal Party, Know the Labor Party, I wonder if we can go through very quickly a way that you can sort of uh, get a a few details here on sanctity of life. Let me just start you off uh, where you've you've got no party position in support of abortion on the Liberal Party side, but on the Labor Party side, supports free abortions. Undetailed party decision to revise a 2019 policy that compelled public hospitals to perform abortions via federal funding. Now, Other issues on there, gender on government IDs. Uh, What are your uh, two comparisons there? Yeah, look, the gender IDs, look, again, unfortunately, the the Labor Party is very supportive of removing gender from birth certificates. Now, this is fueled by the LGBTIQA-type ideology, uh, whereas on the Liberal Coalition side, they support retaining gender on birth certificates. Now, I think that's critical. The problem we have again, Neil, is that there are candidates or actually politicians who are already Christians in Parliament, but they tend to compromise their their biblical conscience 
against politics. So, you know, this is this is the issue that we've got. But essentially, if you look at our vote-wise uh, document, Neil, you'll find the coalition comes out on top. But I've spoken to Labor candidates and Labor ministers who are very pro-Christian, and they say they have to follow what their party tells them. So there's a real issue here, Neil. It depends on who your candidate is in your electorate uh, as to who you vote for. But in terms of the voting guideline, it's only a guideline, Neil, uh, you've got to say that on this basis, the coalition would come out on top on pro-life issues as we know them as Christians, Neil. As I go down the list, uh, there's National Chaplaincy Program. Uh, very quickly, how do the contrasts look there? I oh, look, uh, we're, we're all for the National Chaplaincy Program and we've, and we've spoken to both parties. Uh, the Labor Party wants to downgrade it somewhat, but they are committed. I've spoken to the, uh, the, the Shadow Leader's uh, office and they've uh, assured me that the chaplaincy program will go ahead. However, if it's downgraded, we need to know to what extent. And the extent that it will be downgraded to, they want to also add secular consult, um, uh, uh, people in there to give advice to kids, not just religious uh, chaplains. So it, it's not that bad. So, I'm, you know, I think there's value there. But chaplaincy is very much, as you know, I'm a chaplain myself, Neil. I think it needs to go ahead and, uh, and, and it's something that the coalition is committed to. Warwick Marsh, the Australian Christian Values Checklist takes a wider view and takes in where those parties stand, not just the two that will form government there, but uh, all the other parties as well, with green ticks and red crosses. On those sorts of issues that we're talking about there, uh, how do how do the minor parties uh, rate? Have you got? Uh, uh, can you zero in on that for us? Yeah, look, thanks for asking, Neil. And look, I do think uh, Vote Wisely, um, uh, yeah, uh, is, is a good document. Just one little note. When people vote, uh, a lot of people say vote the independents first, and I would actually argue that's a good idea, or the smaller parties. But when you do vote, if you get to the end, um, my advice is, and of course you make up your own decision, but put the Greens last, and certainly put the Labor or Liberal in that in those last last uh, last two positions before the last last position, um, and you know look at the the um, the work of Family Voice because I do think it's pretty accurate, um, and you know there is a pretty there is actually a lot of difference between the Labor Party and the Liberal Party. The Liberal Party, unfortunately, are are drifting towards the left, are drifting towards sort of the the dark side and have been doing for a sort of um, for for a couple of decades which is pretty sad um but the the bottom line is that uh, our dear friends at labor have been drifting a lot further and a lot quicker and of course labor was a christian party when it was started back in in the early 1890s so it has a great christian heritage and we're praying it will go back to that going back to my our checklist a christian values checklist um it's interesting if you'd said to me that one nation would come out on top um, uh, <laughs> I would have said not to mean if you said 10, 10 years Warwick the One Nation will be the most Christian party in Australia and I would have said never but right now they, they take the pole position followed by Liberal Democrats who again I would never ever have thought that for one single second and then followed by a United Australia Party and Australian Federation now Australian Federation have contacted us and they are possibly going to create a lot of strong Christian policies. We don't know for sure. And we also have a few adjustments to make because parties have changed their position or we've 
um, found out in some cases that we had made um, you know, a mistake and we're honest about our mistakes, we will correct them. And, um, you know, getting a lot of a lot of people ringing us and abusing us and some people saying you're doing a great job, which is great. But um, it, is a, it is a checklist made by human beings, number one. So it's, it's not perfect. But having said that, it's proved to be incredibly accurate over the last 20, uh, 23 years. And I got, a, I got an Anglican clergyman attacked me and say, this is wrong. You, you said this is 2013. You said Labor's pro-homosexual marriage. And, um, you know, well, they, they actually ended up, um, you know, the whole party supporting homosexual marriage. I was, sadly, I was right. I, this is one of these things you don't want to be right about. Um, but we were right. The Christian based checklist was right. And, and sadly, he was wrong. Um, but, yeah, look, it's, it's pretty, because it's not just myself. Bill Muhlenberg, who was on earlier, uh, it's, we, we actually get a lot of wisdom from a lot of different people. We have some strong arguments about the different questions. And it's, um, it is, you know, it's probably one of the most powerful voting, one-page voting tools you can get that includes both the major and the minor parties. So uh, even though there might be uh, faults in all of the checklists that we might talk about, and I did say earlier there are some minor differences in where those checklists land, but they become a resource for the Christian voter to be able to get a grip on what's happening. And so if you've got a choice of a number of checklists, you might be looking at that uh, carefully. Uh, let me ask you, Greg Bonda, just because a party has a policy stance and just because they responded to a Family Voice survey, uh, as we've seen, even with religious uh, discrimination, uh, there's no guarantee that a government will act on what their policy actually is. They can put these things on ice uh, even indefinitely. So just because someone has a policy doesn't mean it'll ever actually become uh, become a le- a leg- into legislation. What are your thoughts around yeah. the cynicism that perhaps that, that is there about the political parties? Neil, you are spot on. As I mentioned earlier, you know, a week in politics is a long time and what politicians promise you before an election may not eventuate after the election. The issue you've got here is that when you go in, and I, as I said, I was in Parliament as an advisor to a senior minister there. One of the issues you've got is when you put forward a bill or legislation, it's a lot of horse trading, there's a lot of jockeying, you've got to give and take, you've got to appease some sections of the, of the, uh, of the Parliament, for example, with the religious discrimination bill. Uh, you know, Scott Morrison and the Attorney General had to, had to sort of uh, fall victim to the five rebel MPs that wanted to do certain things to the bill. Look, Neil, the problem you've got with policies is they will not necessarily come to fruition in a new government. So when you vote, I keep saying, vote and pray for a godly government. And Neil, the other thing that I really urge everybody is when you're looking at policies, you know, think about Matthew 6.10. Thy will be done. In other words, what does God want to achieve? And I think you've got to pray about it. And when you're voting, you've got to make sure, Neil, that you're voting again. I say it according to your biblical conscience, not because you know the candidate or you've been a, your father's been a member of the Labor Party for 30 years or your mother's been a member of the Liberal Party for 50 years. Vote according to your biblical conscience and make sure you consider Matthew 6.10. It will be done now. We're running short of time. I want to ask the two of you where 
your own impressions are about what might be the result on election night. As I asked our earlier guests, you know, is there going to be a hung parliament? Uh, What are your thoughts for the fact that there are so many right now undecided voters that might indicate that the minor parties this election are going to get a huge windfall of votes and they're going to be people who are not voting for their uh, typical major party uh, uh, candidates. Uh, Your thoughts here, Warwick Marsh, uh, what what are your predictions for what might be coming? Look, I, I'll be frank with you. I, I don't know. Uh, someone, a friend, said to me, uh, Scott Morrison needed a miracle at, at the last election, and Australia needs a miracle at this election. And I believe his words are true. Um, we need a miracle. Australia needs a miracle. Australia needs Jesus, and we need Jesus Christ to. We need the government to be on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Now we know that goes through men. Who those men are and who those parties are, I'll be frank with you, I actually don't know because the corruption has got has seeped into, into the major parties so deeply that there's, there's definitely some major issues on, you know, on every, every major party and there's major issues in all the smaller parties as well too, but probably less so. Um, and look, we need Jesus. We, we need Jesus. I don't know who's going to win the next election, um, Neil. Sorry. Greg Bonda, your thoughts here. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, a lot of those undecided voters may actually be Christians uh, who've been uh, locked out because of policy changes, uh, locked out because of the way uh, their favourite party has gone just in these recent couple of years. Uh, What are your thoughts uh, for minor parties, the major parties, the undecided voters, what the outcome might be on election night? Yeah, Neil, look, I do have a view on this, and I can tell you that, uh, uh, you know, I have predicted this before. Sorry, I've I've sort of projected that it will come down to the independents and the minor parties as to who forms government. In my opinion, Neil, and and I'll say this now, uh, the, the, the electorate is disenchanted with both leaders, with both parties. I suspect Labor will get through, but I keep saying, if Labor do win, or if the coalition wins, we've got to consider that God's in control, and, in control, and there will be a purpose to whichever party wins. So we've got to bear that in mind. But I totally agree with, agree with Warwick. We need to make Jesus Christ the centre of your decision when you're voting on polling day. So, Neil, I suspect Labor due to the minor party support. Okay, and the Christian conscience in all of this, perhaps a, a last brief word from both sides, because uh, uh, you I could... mention the, 20, the the prayer. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, twenty-one days of prayer and fasting. Uh, just so quickly, Warwick, on the twenty-one days of prayer and fasting, and uh, uh, how listeners can participate in that, because that's the big dimension that gives all of uh, the thought mm-hmm. about being a Christian and having a conscience gives it context, because you recognise that God is in control ultimately, and uh, we still get the government that we deserve if we don't take that responsibility to be stewards of what we have uh, in a democracy. Yes, so the 21 days of prayer and fasting, Warwick, uh, how can listeners just participate in that? Well, number one, we've got 21 days of prayer and fasting for the elections. We're not praying for a particular party or a particular man. We're praying for the government to be on Jesus' shoulders. We're praying for righteous uh, leaders to get elected. And we're praying for a miracle for Australia. Um, they can go to the Canberra Declaration website, look for the uh, under prayer, the tab prayer, and you can find uh, the place 
to register for a daily devotion. We'll send you each day a daily devotion, which will inspire you to pray. And look, fast as you're able. Someone said to me the other day, well, I don't know how to fast. I said, well, look, you can do it one meal a day or two meals a day. We'll do a Daniel fast or a juice fast. Uh, whatever you decide to do, the Lord will receive it. And um, meet God and pray uh, in the way you can, as you can. And we're also having every night uh, at 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, we're having a Zoom call where people gather from all over the nation to pray for the nation. You're welcome to join us. CanberraDeclaration.org.au for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. It is an election focus and it is something that is being driven by a Christian organisation in the lead up to the federal election as something you can take advantage of. Uh, Greg Bonda from Family Voice Australia, the Vote Wisely resource. Uh, listeners will be able to access that at familyvoice.org.au. And, uh, of course, today, uh, Warwick Marsh talking about the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, but also the Australian Christian Values Checklist. That website, christianvalues.org.au, for a look at it at a glance, uh, green ticks and red crosses, uh, based on research into the parties, all the major parties and the minor and newer parties as well. And uh, on Monday, we'll have a, a more extensive opportunity to talk about what the Australian Christian Lobby have uh, on offer too. They've got uh, some extensive research into the parties and the individual candidates. Uh, you can access their resource at acl.org.au. Uh, so to the two of you gentlemen, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. Greg Bondar, thanks for being part of 2020. Thank you, Neil, for the opportunity. And Warwick Marsh, thank you. It's always a great blessing to be with you, Neil, and blessings to Greg and the rest of the team. If I can say one little thing, encourage people to look at the Australian Christian Values Checklist, look at what the Family Voices put together, and look what ACL does and make a decision, because that's a really great way to... Uh, check the resources and check the, the, the sources and you'll cut, get a very clear decision by looking at those three resources. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.